Well, turn your Bibles to Daniel chapter 1. Daniel chapter number 1. We're glad that you're all here with us today. Excited to see you. We went to a service, uh, midweek service down there in Missouri, and uh, we actually had kind of nasty weather the whole, the whole time we were there. I'm glad that our joy is not dependent upon the weather. We had a great time regardless, but uh, they were calling for an ice storm. And so the, the first church that we were going to on that Wednesday evening, they closed the church. We pulled up and there was... Somebody came out and stuck their head out the door and said, sorry, there's no church tonight. They're calling for ice. And, of course, down there they don't drive in the ice. And so we, we did some searching and found another church that uh, was not too far away that we could get to before their start time. And we drove over there. But because of the ice storm, they only had the pastor and about three other people there. So there's 40 of us. And uh, there was 40 of us came in, and then about three other people from the church. So it was quite an interesting service. And we were all sitting together over here. The pastor said, man, I'm glad this isn't a boat, because we would tip over for sure. Uh, Everybody's sitting on that side. But uh, I'm glad that you're here in God's house today, the first Sunday of the year. We're going to read uh, the first few verses here. You follow along as I read Daniel chapter number one. Um, And uh, we'll just... I'm going to get into it. I don't know. My mind's distracted this morning, going several directions. But let's read Daniel chapter number 1. I'll read down through verse number 8. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, unto Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand with part of the vessels of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar to the house of his God, And he brought the vessels into the treasure house of his God. And the king spake unto Aspaz, the master of the eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel, and of the king's seed, and of the princes, children in whom was no blemish, but well favored, and skillful in all wisdom, and cunning in knowledge, and understanding science, and such as had ability in them to stand in the king's palace." and whom they might teach the learning of the tongue of the Chaldeans. And the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat, of the wine which he drank, so nourishing them three years, that at the end thereof they might stand before the king. Now among these were the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, unto whom the princes of the eunuchs gave names, for he gave unto Daniel the name of Belteshazzar. And unto Hananiah, Shadrach, and unto Mishael, Meshach, and to Azariah, Abednego. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the princes of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. This morning I want to preach to you a message that I've entitled, How to Get It Done in 2021. How to get it done in 2021. You know, Daniel is one of those characters in the Word of God that many people know about. Many people enjoy talking about, uh, of course, because of that great story of Daniel in the lion's den. When he uh, defied the king's order, 
went to pray even though he was told not to and was cast into a lion's den. And we sing that song, Dare to be a Daniel. Dare to stand alone. Dare to have a purpose firm. Dare to make it known. Dare to be a Daniel. And we encourage and admire somebody that... uh, you know, stands up for what they believe in and lives by principle and it's somebody that knows what they believe and wants to practice it even in an adverse circumstances. Daniel, this man who was taken into captivity as a teen, served through the reign of three kings. And the Bible tells us that through all three reigns, Daniel found a way to prosper. But he was taken into captivity as a young man, and as we see here in the text we read, was renamed, and uh, the Aspenaz, the master of the eunuchs, is approached and told to find some men. He says, go out among the captives and find some men, some men that can serve in the king's palace. I want you to find me the best of the best. Find me those that are skilled with knowledge and understanding and that have an understanding of science and those that can speak and communicate and those men that are sharp and clean and know how to carry themselves. And how, you know, he said, go find the best and bring them together and we'll use them in the king's palace. Among those men that were chosen, you know, of course, we just read was Daniel. And as a young man was tested and challenged to do that which was right, living in a heathen land, in less than desirable circumstances, yet found a way to get it done. You know, you might feel like you're living in a strange land. After 2021, after 2020, into 2021, you're living in this strange land. Everywhere you're going, you've got to wear a mask. Uh, you know, we were on our way home Friday, driving across the country, and we stopped in Lexington, Kentucky at a Cracker Barrel. And half the restaurant was empty. I thought, well, this is nice. We won't have to wait. And I went up and said, hey, there's seven of us come to eat tonight. He's okay, great. It'll be 20 minutes. And I thought, what? The restaurant's empty. Like, there's chairs everywhere. There's, 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 but, of course, with COVID, capacity restrictions, we couldn't get in. There's no checkers out front. The checkers game is gone. What's the world coming to? <laughs> On the tables, there's no games on the tables. You can't play the little, you know, the hop game where you take the pegs and move. Yeah, that's gone. We're living in a strange world now. Things are much different than they used to be. And who knows what's going to happen here coming into 2021. I mean, everybody kind of thought, man, if we could get through 2020, 2021 is going to be so much better. Got news for you. Uh, the new year has crossed over and we haven't seen it change yet. Maybe we'll wake up tomorrow and it'll be different. You know, I, I don't know. But we're still in masks. We're still facing challenges. We still have COVID out there to deal with. We still have to be careful and cautious. We still need to uh, have some concern. And I mean, who knows what's going to happen in this coming year? But listen, I want to tell you, you can still get it done in 2021. How are you going to get it done? How are you going to accomplish Something meaningful this year? Let me give you three points that I see in the life of Daniel that we can learn from and hopefully be challenged today to get it done in 2021. First of all, you have to have an endowed purpose. 
an endowed purpose. And I chose those words on purpose. As you will see here, we see in verse number 8, but Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's meat. You see, Daniel had purpose. He had purposed in his heart that he wasn't going to defile himself with the king's meat. You know that everybody needs purpose. Everybody needs a reason to get up in the morning. Everybody needs a reason to go to work. Everybody needs a reason to push on, to drive through the day. To, to you know, Sadly, many people in their world are living for Friday. That's the only reason they've got. Just looking for Friday. You know, one Leo, Leo Hahn, in writing on living without a purpose, said this. Imagine not wanting to wake up in the morning, but also not wanting to go to sleep at night. Not willing to work, but uncontent to sit. No excitement, no friends, no company to enjoy, no reason to continue. A blank mind with nothing to think about. A complete lack of emotions negative or positive, nothing to look forward to. Living life without purpose. Those who are living life without purpose are living in a vacuum of emotion. They've got nothing to look forward to. Something so simple as last night we were coming home, and I can tell you, as we started getting close to our driveway, that... uh, my kids and my wife started looking for Odin. That's our dog. <laughs> they start looking. Mary was driving, and she, she pulled in the driveway, and she's going real slow. She's like, where is he? Where is he? She pulled around the loop, you know. Oh, he must be down at Pastor Derek's. And then he came out of his room. She's like, oh, no, there he is. And, of course, he was excited to see us. And the kids got out of the car, and everything in the car sat there. They all went to see Odin. You know, something so simple as as looking forward to seeing a dog, but living life with some excitement, some desire to accomplish something, some desire to go somewhere, to do something, to see your family, to accomplish something in life. I can't imagine living life without any purpose. The Russian author, Fyodor Dvosky, once said, the mystery of human existence lies not in just staying alive, but finding something to live for. It's not just staying alive, but finding something to live for. The fact of the matter is, is everybody needs purpose in their life. They need to have a reason to get out of bed in the morning, a reason for which we are accomplishing what we're accomplishing. So many people living in today's world, they're going through the motions, but in their mind and in their life, when the quiet of the night, they look at it and they say, what's it all for? Why are we going through this? Why are we doing this? What is the purpose? We need purpose, dear friend. Without purpose, life is meaningless. Viktor Frankl, that prisoner who was held in the Nazi prison camps, he watched his mom killed. His brother and his own wife died of malnutrition in the prison camps in Nazi Germany. He said in his book, Man's Search for Meaning, those who have a why to live can bear almost any how.
what's mind-boggling in America and all of our success and all of our, and all of our prosperity. People are living more high on the hog than they ever have. And yet they're more depressed and discouraged than they've ever been. Because they don't have a why. They don't have a purpose. But let me ask you, where does one get his purpose? For many today, it's, if it feels good, do it. Purpose is driven by what they enjoy. There's nothing inherently wrong with the statement. There may even be some merit to it, but we've all heard, hey, do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. And that's the mentality of most. Just do what you enjoy. But what if you don't enjoy it? Then what? (laughs) You know, many today have Napoleon's philosophy. Napoleon said, there is one quality that one must possess to win. That is a definite purpose. The knowledge of what one wants and a burning desire to possess it. That's the human side. The knowledge of what one wants and a burning desire to possess it. Have you ever gone to the fridge and you, this probably happened a lot in the last three weeks. <laughs> Christmas time, you've had, you've, had so, you've had more than your share. But for some reason, you're hungry and you open the fridge and the fridge is packed. But you're looking in there and nothing looks good. You just look and it's like, no, I don't want that. No, I don't want, I already had four pieces of that. I already had some, I, I don't want that. You know, looking through life, and people are that way. Life has been so good to them, yet they look at it and just say, no, I don't want that. I don't want that. It's not, no, that's not what I want. I've sat with people who have come to my office, and my desire is to be a help to them. So my question is, how can I help you? What do you want? I mean, here you're coming to me with this problem, but if, if we said, okay, you woke up tomorrow and the problem was fixed, what would that look like? How are we going to get there? What's, what's that? And many of them have no idea. They don't know what they want. That's the human side. But for the Christian, it's much deeper than that. Because, beloved, our purpose does not come from us, but from God. Our purpose is far stronger than that. It's far more meaningful than that. Because it's not just what we want. You know, what our wants change. Our desires change. The things we like change. And that's, that's okay. But our purpose for living, our purpose for life, our purpose for accomplishing something comes from God. Daniel's purpose came from God. He said, I'm not going to defile myself with the king's meat. He knew he would have had the Pentateuch and he would have known that there in Leviticus chapter number 11 and in chapter number 7 it tells us that they had some laws concerning what they could and could not eat. They had some things they were restricted from eating. It was very common among the king's table to serve those things which they shouldn't eat. Daniel had a purpose in his heart given to him by God. Quite possibly, there's not any proof to this fact, but it's possible that these, the meats had been offered to false idols. 
Now, this in the Old Testament, I don't know that that was an issue, but it's certainly in the New Testament, something that Paul dealt with, where the people were eating these meats that had been offered to false idols. But certainly it represented a friendship with the world that he wasn't supposed to have. You know, all through the scriptures, the idea of breaking of bread is a means of bonding. It's a means of communion. It's a means of fellowship. And quite possibly, Daniel said, I can't sit down at the king's table and act like everything's okay. So he had a purpose in his heart given to him by God. This word purpose here literally means to be set or to be fixed. His heart was fixed on something. Daniel fixed his heart on not defiling his body with the king's meat. Have you ever fixed your heart on something? I think of a young lady who uh, many times this seems to be something that they, they really grab a hold of. And how many young girls have fixed their heart on having a pony? You know, they're just looking, everything's about the pony. They, they want to get a pony. And they just, oh, we want pictures of ponies on the walls. And everything's a pony. And look at that pony. And they just desire getting that pony or a horse. They fix their heart on it. All of life kind of circles around that ambition or that goal. Well, Daniel resolved, beloved, was not tested in punishment. Daniel's resolve was tested in prosperity. You understand? It was in, when privilege came that Daniel's resolve was tested. You see, they were taken into captivity, and I don't know exactly where they were. They were put into bondage. They might have been in some type of a prison camp. They might have been somewhere where they had no choice of what they were going to eat. And the, the food that they were served probably was pretty minimal and, and not very tasty. I imagine as prisoners of war, they, they probably weren't living high on the hog. And yet, the, the Ashpenaz, the, king's, the leader of the king's unit, came and said, Hey, you, you, and you, you guys are going to go to the palace. You guys are going to be fed as much as you can eat every day. You're going to be trained and taught. You're going to be given all these things. He was taken to a place of privilege. You know, that's many times when we're really tested, is in a time of privilege, like Daniel was. And I ask you, does your purpose for living come from God? Does your purpose for getting out of bed in the morning come from God? Does your purpose in your life come from the Lord? It ought to. You say, well, how do I get purpose from God? Well, the Scriptures guide us. The Scriptures tell us in James chapter 1, verse number 25, he says, but whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Looking into the law of liberty, looking into the word of God, get our purpose for what we're doing, why we're doing it, from the word of God. Daniel drew his line in the sand. His purpose came when biblical principle was going to be defiled. When he knew what the word of God said, and he said, that's where I draw the line. You see, they came and they changed his name from Daniel to Belteshazzar. You know, Belteshazzar was a, a word which encapsulated, uh, the name encapsulated a heathen god. 
But Daniel didn't draw the line there and say, hey, you know, I'm not taking that name. Uh, there was nothing in the Bible about that. Uh, they said they're going to teach them the things, the Chaldean ways, the Chaldean language. There's nothing in the Bible about learning other languages or, or learning science or these things. He, he was okay with, with doing that. But when the Bible had drawn a line, Daniel said, hey, that's where I'm going to draw a line. Does that make sense? You find your purpose in the Word of God. Where do you draw the line in the sand? Where the Bible draws the line. The Spirit of God will help you. In John 16, 13, it says, How be it, when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you into all truth. The Spirit guides you into all truth. The Spirit of God will help you to know where and what to have as a purpose in your life. Now, God uses the pastor. You know, the Bible says the pastor is a gift to the church. And God can use the pastor to help guide you, to help lead you. God can use other good, godly Christians. Hey, the wounds of a friend. And iron sharpeneth iron. And godly friends can help you find and be committed to the purpose that God wants you to have in your life. But we all need a purpose. You need to find God's will and do it. You're never going to find God's will, God's perfect will for your life if you don't already do God's general will. There's some things that God wants us to do that we know God wants us to do. God's not going to lead you and show you His perfect will for you as an individual, the reason from which you were created. Unless you're willing to do what He's given you to do each and every day. Just His general will. We know it's God's will that we walk with Him, that we talk with Him, that we have a relationship with Him. That's why we try and encourage you in the very simplest of ways. A little devotional. Read a little devotional sent to you by the church. Read one chapter, two chapters of the Word of God. Do something. If you're not doing something to have a personal walk with God on a daily basis, could I encourage you to start this year? Do something. Get a little prayer list and read, and read through the prayer list and pray for your family, pray for your husband, pray for your wife, pray for your kids, pray for the church. Ask God to help you and read a few passages of Scripture just to be doing God's general will. You'll never know God's specific will, God's perfect will for you, unless you're performing God's general will, doing what God already wants and you know He wants for you. Beloved, once we have a purpose, you need to establish a plan. You need to establish a plan. Look in Daniel chapter 1 there in verses 10 through 14. And the prince of the eunuchs said unto Daniel, I fear my lord the king who hath appointed your meat and your drink. For why should he see your face worse like than the children which are of your sort? Then shall you make me endanger my head to the king. The prince of the eunuchs said, hey, if I let you guys eat something else and you're not healthy, the king might cut my head off. I'm not going to do that. On verse number 11, so, Dan, so said Daniel to Malzar, who was the prince of the eunuchs, had said over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Verse number 12, prove thy servants, I beseech thee, ten days, and let them give us pulse to eat and water to drink. Then let our countenance be looked upon before thee and the countenance of the children that eat of the portions of the king's meat. And as thou seest, 
deal with thy servants. He says, hey, here's a plan. Let's do this. Let us eat pulse. And that word literally means like seed or uh, things that are grown from seeds. Uh, let me encourage you. This is not a passage teaching vegetarianism, okay? Uh, that's not what this is. But he's, he's saying, let us eat these things so we're not going to eat the king's meat and see what happens. Give us 10 days. We'll do it 10 days and you just check and see if it works. So they set in motion a plan that Daniel came up with and, and that I believe directed by God. But Daniel was successful. And he fared better after 10 days. Well, Daniel just didn't say, no, I'm not going to do this. But he had a plan. Here's what we're going to do. I'm saying, beloved, is you need to have a plan. Great things were never done by somebody that just had a great dream. At some point, you've got to get out of bed. At some point, you've got to put action to the dream. You've got to say, hey, here's what we want to do. Here's how we're going to get there. This is how this is going to be realized. We're going to accomplish this this way. Do you have a plan? Knowlton, a French surgeon, said that if I had four minutes to perform a life-dependent surgery... I would take the first to plan. Planning. We've got to have a plan. What's your plan? What's your plan for your family this year? I've said it before, and you guys are probably going to get tired, tired of hearing me talk about it, but do you understand, just like when I was challenging Jacob, Rihanna got married here a few weeks ago, I said, the chase isn't over. Just because you got married, just because you signed on the dotted line and you now may kiss the bride, the chase isn't done. You've got to continue to try and win her heart. You've got to continue to try and win his heart. Just because you're married, too many people put their life in neutral. And they think, oh, we're married, we love each other, everything's going to be fine. And then, ten years later, they come and sit down in my office and they say, Pastor Caleb, I don't know what happened We just fell out of love. No, you didn't. You walked out of love one day at a time without a plan. When you were pursuing one another, there was a plan. You got up in the morning and thought, man, I'm going to call her today. I'm going to send her a note. I'm going to give her a box of chocolates. I'm going to... You pursued her. You had a plan to, to win her heart. And listen, there's too many married couples that are having struggle and they think, oh, all is lost and we're never going to be that way again and they're just letting life happen to them instead of have a plan for their relationship. Get out of bed and say, this is what we're going to accomplish today. No, today's not just going to happen. Today's, maybe today will be a good day. Maybe today will be a bad day. Maybe we're going to fight all day and maybe we'll get along. It doesn't have to be that way. You can get out of bed and say, today's going to be an awesome day. Why? Because I'm starting the day with Mountain Dew. I mean, (laughs) whatever you want to start the day with. I'm just saying, have a plan. Do you plan something for your family? Last year, this time, I noticed I was losing. I felt though I was losing the heart of my older kids. Because... They've got friends now. And they want to spend time with their friends. And dad's not that important anymore. Dad used to be the most awesome guy in the world. And now it's like, who's dad? And I felt this drifting away. And, and I sat down with Mary and I said, we've got to do something. I said, here's what I want to do. I'm going to take Monday evening. We do a lot of stuff as a family. 
we come and we serve together, we work together, we do a lot of things with all of us together, but you don't really get to talk and communicate when everybody's together. So I said, here's what I want to do. I'm going to take Monday evening, and I'm going to spend Monday evening with one child. Individually, we're going to go do something fun. Maybe we'll go on a bike ride together. Maybe we'll go down to the city together. Maybe we'll go out to eat. Maybe we'll do some, we did some fun things, and we did some expensive things, and we did some cheap things, but we set a motion in motion a plan so that I could hopefully grab a hold of the heart of my kids. You got to have a plan. Now, you know what? About three months ago, in our family devotions one night, I had to apologize to my kids and I say, listen, kids, I'm sorry. Life has gotten busy and we've missed some weeks. I haven't taken you out. I haven't gone with that individual child. We missed all those weeks and, and, we let things get in the way of that, and we need to get back to it. You say, oh, pastor, you failed. Yeah, I know. But you know what? We hit a whole lot more Mondays than we would have if I didn't have a plan. I took Andrew uh, skydiving. In indoor skydiving. <laughs> we talked about doing the real thing. Who knows what happened may in the future, but... Uh, yeah, it took took Tim first to uh, Sky Zone and went jumping on them trampolines. I was sore for three days after that. <laughs> That's hard work, man, jumping on them trampolines. But I'm saying just have a plan. What's your plan for this year? For your kids, for your mate, for your relationship. You say, oh, we're okay. If you let it just drift, you won't be. You've got to have a plan. What's your plan for your faith? How's your faith going to grow this year? How's your faith going to be strengthened? You say, oh, well, I'm a Christian. It's just going to happen. No, it doesn't happen that way. You know, if you want to get to the point where you can bench press, I had a friend in high school at 13 years old. He could bench press 350 pounds. I don't know if I could deadlift 350 pounds, <laughs> but if you wanted to bench press that much weight, what you have to work at it. The Bible talks about by reason of use, you have knowledge of the scriptures. You have strength as a Christian. You've got to work at it. You've got to get a plan. You've got to put in motion some things to build your faith. It just doesn't happen. You've got to say, here's what I want to do. I'm going to read my Bible at least one chapter a day or two chapters a day. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this devotional. I'm going to spend this much time in prayer. Or I'm going to at least pray for my family every day. Something you've got to put in motion, a plan to build your faith in God. And listen, you'll come out some days and you'll think, man, it's no use. Nothing's happening. This is, this is not accomplishing anything. How many of you have lived in the same house for a long time? Well, you have any trees or bushes in your yard? You know, if you've been there a lot of years, that tree or bush many years ago was a little bush. And you didn't come out and look at it and be like, man, that grew like, like I don't know, maybe a centimeter today. You didn't do that. But how many of you have been kind of hit? Like you come out one, one day and you look like, man, that tree's gotten big. Like, wow, I hadn't even noticed. I've been walking by it every day, but all of a sudden it's like, wow, that, look at how big that tree has gotten. It's amazing. Listen, that's what happens with your faith. 
You just consistently, day by day, walk with God, read your Bible, pursue the Savior. And day by day, you don't see the growth. And you think, oh, what's the use? It's not accomplishing anything. Pastor, it's kind of boring, actually. But listen, if you do it one day, you'll look back and you'll be like, wow. I had no idea I'd grown so much. Look at what God has done in my heart. Look at what God has done in my life. This is amazing. Because you worked a plan. What's your plan in your finances? I ain't going to spend much time here, but uh, listen, you got some debt that needs paid? It's not just going to happen because it needs paid. It's only going to happen if you get a plan, and that takes some work. You got to sit down and budget out and, and get, it, get something down. This is how it's going to happen. Here's where I got to take this extra job, or I got to work this many hours, and I got to pay this much, and it takes some effort and some work, but you can do it. We've got testimonies in our church of people that have paid their debt. A few years ago, we had a guy in our church that had $70,000 worth of credit card debt. He told me I could tell, I could use his, his, his story. He was paying $450 a month just interest. You don't want to let it get that bad. So what do you got to do? You got to get a plan. How are you going to tackle this? And listen, I could talk to you this morning about having smart goals and how to set all that stuff. We're not going to get into the nitty gritty. Listen, if you need or would like some help, I'll be happy to sit down with you and, and talk about setting goals and let's work together to accomplish things, whether that's in your faith or in your family or in your finances. But listen, you need a plan. You're going to get it done in 2021? It's going to happen because you got a plan. Because you got a plan. No plan is complete without prayer. Turn to Daniel chapter number 6. Daniel chapter number 6. We've kind of walked through the story of Daniel here. We've jumped into the story where Daniel was, uh, Daniel in the lion's den, you know, where he was told he couldn't pray. And if he did, he was going to be cast into the lion's den. Well, in Daniel chapter number 6 and verse number 10, he says, Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house and his Window being opened to the chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. Listen, Daniel had set a pattern of prayer in his life and he prayed. No plan is complete without prayer. You need God's help. You need God's strength to accomplish the plan. You want to get it done in 2021? You need to pray. Hey, set some goals. Have a purpose. Pray and see God do it, and then you'll get to experience the prosperity. Look in verse number 28, Daniel chapter 6 and verse number 28. He says there, So this Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius and in the reign of Cyrus, the Persian. Daniel prospered. Daniel prospered in whatever he was doing. It didn't matter who was king. It didn't matter what was going on in society. It didn't matter what changes took place. Daniel prospered. He found a way to get it done because he had a purpose in his heart, because he set a plan, and because he prayed and sought God faithfully. Hey, you're not guaranteed that it's going to be problem-free. You remember the story. Daniel's cast into the lion's den. <laughs> not guaranteed it's going to be uh, all tea and sunshine. Uh, you know, you, you might have some struggles, but you can get it done. And beloved, the prosperity we're talking about here is not a financial prosperity, although that may be part of it. 
But we're talking about things that money can't buy. We're talking about a purpose for life and joy in your heart. Things that the world can never give you, nor do they know anything about. You know, the most valuable things in life can't be bought with money. I remember some years ago when Robin Williams supposed to be one of the funniest guys killed himself killed himself as funny as he was he had nothing to laugh at nothing no purpose for living no reason he had everything else this world could offer but he didn't have that which money couldn't buy joy peace love health happiness a home, those things that are truly valuable. Last week, we spent a few days with my family, mom and dad and their children and 26 grandchildren and two great-grandchildren. And Christmas had already passed, but we sat down and we read Luke chapter 2 together. We didn't really have any gifts. Uh, My brother wanted to have something, and so they made up some stockings for everybody and gave everybody a stocking with some small treats and stuff. We passed those around, and then one by one, every one of us, started with my sister Melissa, because after a minute or two, she's usually crying and can't talk. So Melissa, we started with her, and she told what she was thankful for. And then we went through the room one by one, everyone from the youngest to the oldest, saying what they were most thankful for. You know, not one of them said they were thankful for their new shoes they got for Christmas. Not one of them said they were thankful for some toy, some gaming station. Every one of them praised God for their family. Praise God for their faith that they have in him. The fact that all those that were of age, that were present, were saved and knew the Lord. Praise God for the relationship that we have as a family. That we can gather and get together for a week and stay in that close of proximity and people aren't fighting. There's not a bunch of stress and, oh, I can't wait till Friday and, you know, I get to go home. I'll tell you what, there's just as many tears shed when we said goodbye as there was when we shared at Christmas time. Just love being together. Just the sweet joy of it all. Went all the way around the room and ended with dad and mom. And dad just almost couldn't keep from crying. Just saying, kids, you can't know what this means for me as a dad to be here with all of you, all of my grandkids and my great-grandkids, and all of you loved one another, and not one of you, if any one of you had a need, you could just pick up the phone and call anybody else in this room, and every one of you would respond. He just kept saying, I'm so blessed. I'm so blessed. Your mom and I don't deserve it. We didn't earn it. 
It's not something that we did that made it happen, but it's because God is so good. I don't know. I can't even I can't even impart to you how precious those couple of hours were sitting and talking with them. You get to enjoy the prosperity. You see, because a lot of years ago, my dad took a stand. He got some purpose in his life from this book. When his own brothers and his own family went different ways, went to do their own things, my dad said, this is going to guide our life. This is what we're going to do. And we had teenagers with tears in their eyes saying, this is what I want when I'm grandpa's age. This is what I want. You get to enjoy the prosperity. If you let God put a purpose in your heart, get a plan to make it happen, then you can enjoy that prosperity. Get it done in 2022.